you're with us for the first time, I preach from the finished work of the cross. So it's a full reality, it's powerful, it says it in its fullest form, it doesn't start at the lowest and try to lift us up, it starts at the place Jesus lived his life from, which is full of the Holy Spirit. And you're going to hear a finished message and it's full about peace and joy, that do what they say they do. And so then we have to believe what he says is not interpret it through our understanding of what we think it is, but just believe and receive. So do not hear to understand what I'm about to say. Hear to receive. See, when you try to hear to understand, you've just come under the operating system of man. You're no different to Saul who learned and was educated under the operating system of Gamaliel, a man. But when he became Paul, he came under the operating system of Christ. When you're under the operating system of Christ and you learn from Christ, for we don't learn Christ in this way, Paul said in Ephesians. He said, we now learn through the power of revelation. It's the only way you learn. So unless you've had revelation, you've learned nothing but information. And information is not good enough because it's external of you. It's not in you. And so when stuff happens around you, you tend to freak out because what's Outside of you is stronger than what's in you. So Jesus came to build a church within. He came to build himself within a church. Not just gather around and have meetings. He came to build. He's a builder of people. You and I. And these buildings, this church that he builds, the Bible says are strong on the inside. They have a peace that guards their heart and their mind from allowing stuff in. He says, I give you a joy that has nothing to do with feelings, emotion, and happiness, but everything to do with being part of who I am because I am joy. I am the substance of it. So you can't lose Christ. Okay? The full position is you can never lose joy. You can lose your sense of happiness. You can lose your sense of a false peace, which isn't peace at all. Peace be with you is so empty unless it's in Christ. It's a nice statement that we say and plaque it on the end to make us feel emotionally secure. But it's full of nothing. It's like a pav. It looks great, but it's full of hot air. It's sweet, but it always leaves you feeling empty. That's why you've got to be a people of the cheesecake or the fruit pudding. Thank you, Heather Harrison, who heard the message pre-Christmas and made a fruit pudding. And I enjoyed it. It was beautiful. Ears to hear, powerful thing. <laughs> it's a word of substance, that's right. So can I talk to us from a full position? The position that... Christ lived his life from that he says, I want you to be brothers because I'm not ashamed to call you brother. So as my brother, I want you to be in the life that I was in from the inside. So don't look at what you see on the outside and try and copy that. Let me change you from the inside so you can be a true imitator of me. Not a copier of me, but innately just imitate me because I want them in you and I want to come out of you. 
that you can be in the life I was in. So when they tried and they tried to nail me and eventually I let them nail me to a cross, you're able to say, Father, forgive and be in peace and joy. Do you know what's happening right now? And I don't want to get onto this, but at the same time, I want to encourage us. It's all foretold. We don't have to stand up and defend anybody. Do you know what we have to do? Have to be the church. You just have to be. Do you know why? Because when everyone's going to be running around in chaos, just being in Christ is enough. When everyone else is flapping around, physically doing this, because their foundation is now being destroyed and it's wobbly. All we have to be is be in the foundation and stand there and be the church. And they will see the stability and the power of who we are. You don't even have to say anything unless God tells you to say something. See, the most powerful position we can be in, it's always been the case, but right now, is be still and know I am God. (laughs) Now that's always to be the position. But what happens is as the external shifts and moves, we actually get tested to see whether we're actually in the position. Not for the purpose of punishing us or pulling us down, but for showing us what we are not in so we can get in Christ. Because how can you be hope if you're not in Christ and you're flapping around like everybody else? See, it's one thing for the world to act the way they act. They will always act the way they act for their eyes are closed to the reality of truth. Yeah? But it's another thing if the church starts acting like the world because their eyes are closed as well to the reality of truth. So we, Jesus said, I don't come to change the world. I didn't came to change the political system. I came to build my church. And my church have the kingdom of God being built and established within them. And all they do is represent the kingdom they are of. And when I ask them to, I will put my words in their mouth and they will give testimony to the true building work of why they can stand there when everyone else is freaking out and just stand there and be in peace. Because I've got somebody greater on the inside of me who guards my heart and my mind. So I'm not anxious and I'm not worried because Christ in me is guarding the place where worry and anxiousness start. That's why he says, make sure you guard your heart because it is the wellspring of what? Life, spiritual life. So unless we're guarding because Christ is our armor, he is the armor of God. And I put him on because I'm in Christ. So when I'm in Christ and I'm fully armored 24-7 because Christ lives in me, When I sleep and when I'm awake, it's the same reality. 100% peace, 100% joy. Do you know, can I really be honest? I have not been affected by this at all. I feel completely and utterly disconnected from it all, which has been really weird because I've said, God, am I hard-hearted? He said, no, you're in me, son. This is what it's like to be an alien 
Now, you can have compassion, but you don't compromise. Christ had compassion. I have compassion, but at the same time, because Christ is in me, my emotions aren't running around. Because I'm not led by my emotions, I'm led by truth, Christ. And Christ determines everything. This is the power of the full position. So then love does not act unbecomingly. 1 Corinthians 13, 5. It doesn't act outside of itself. See, to act outside of itself is not love, is it? There's no hypocrisy in love, is there? In Christ, human love, plenty of hypocrisy. We say we love you, then we act like this, which isn't love. But in Christ, Christ can't act unbecomingly. It's impossible for him to be what he's not. So the more we're in Christ, we can't act unbecomingly. Because we're imitating Christ. Isn't that what Paul said? Isn't that what the Bible says? We are to be imitators of God, literally. Why? Because I have this full position in my spirit. Because he came to save my spirit, my soul, my body. Did he not? So when I surrender my spirit, I receive the spirit of Christ in me. Yes? Then I say, Lord, go to work on my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions. I surrender my mind, my thoughts, my will, and my emotions to you. I need to get that saved. So come and save me, my thing that generates the power that controls self. Then he's going to give me a brand new body. But the Bible actually says if I'm in this position, Christ will manifest himself through my physical body. So really, he's going to save my body now. And I'm going to get this glorified body when he returns. But really, he's coming out of me now, so he's, my body's not found in places it shouldn't be. It's not found saying what it shouldn't say, and it's not acting the way it shouldn't act. Because love does not act unbecomingly. You see, love isn't an action first, it's a substance. It's called Jesus, it's called God. And because he's God, he acts becomingly, not unbecomingly. So the more we're in love, what are we going to do? Act becomingly, not unbecomingly. Unbecomingly is this, a behavior not fitting or appropriate. See, God always acts righteously, doesn't he? He doesn't know how to be anything else because it's who he is. So when we act unbecomingly, someone is still, is still living. The old man who's supposed to be dead has still got breath. And we're letting that old man rule our lives. And so when stuff like this happens, guess what happens? The old man starts to freak out because his foundation is in himself, not in Christ. Christ alone, the cornerstone. And he has to be not in word and not in verbal agreement, but in Christ. So I have to have the substance of Christ, feel it, know it through the power in me. It's not just some nice statement like, peace be with you. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Boom! Now take me on. Come on, Christ in me. Take your best shot. Paul said what? Death is good. You see, when you know you can't die, take your best shot, man. You can't kill me. They couldn't kill the church. Why? Because you can't kill love. It just keeps coming and coming and coming. It loves on those who hate it. It loves on those who hate it. Did you hear what I just said? 
This is the full picture of being in Him. People can abuse you, yell at you, kill you, smack you, spit at you, and you go, I'm going to love you. And they go, can't figure that out. Too bad. Christ in me going to love on you. Is that what we are in? Or are we the opposite that would crack one back? Is someone's words that powerful that they can knock you off Christ? Really, is it? Is a thought that the demonic sends you, can that knock you off your foundation? If it is, maybe he's not your foundation. You see, if fear is present, it's the deficit of love. Because perfect fear, sorry, perfect love casts it. You know when Jesus cast out the demonic? Did he cast it out? And did they leave? Right. So if he casts out fear, what happens? Fear leaves. What comes in? Love, peace, joy, the substance of who he was, not happiness and a nice feeling. I saw people as we were worshiping who have zero concept. Can I say this? This is out of love. Who have zero concept of what was happening around them. I saw the picture of Mount Transfiguration where Peter is completely lost, but he's talking. He's talking a whole different reality. Let's build some tents. And the Bible says, while Peter was still speaking, God spoke. Like, I've had enough of this Muppet speaking. I'm going to speak now. Because he started to create another reality. What I saw was a picture of a whole lot of people who have really no connection to the Father in a way that I'm talking about. And the Father wants you to. He desires, it grieves his heart that you would come here week in, week out and sing songs to a God you don't really know. Because when you know him, you can't help but express this. I'm not talking about putting your hands in the air. I'm seeing, seeing the manifestation of Jesus in you be manifested in an expression. I can feel it. I know it. So I see it when I don't see it. And I say this to encourage us. Guys, this is an opportunity right now with what is happening to press in to find him. Take advantage of what is happening right now in this earth, in this country. We're shell-shocked because it's never happened here. But you know what happens pretty much every day in every other country? A hundred and something Christians were killed just last week in Africa. But it doesn't get reported. This happens on a daily basis. But we're so covered because we're in a bubble. Some people are from South Africa here. They face this type of stuff every day. That's why they come here. You're probably going, why do we leave? You can't stop what is already prophesied. Can I say this? What we have to do is be in Christ so we can be the church of life and hope when everyone else is running around freaking out because what they've trusted in has now gone. Changing the gun laws is not going to change what has happened. It's the start, not the finish. You can't put a band-aid over a gaping wound and think you're going to heal it. It's already spoken, so our response is to be ready, is to be in Christ, is to be in a peace and a joy. So where is our hope? Who is it in right now? If it's shaken, can I encourage you to get on your face and repent? Ask Him to forgive you for the sense of not being in Him when the opportunity has been there your whole life. See, He's allowing it out of love that we would wake up 
and know what it means to know him, to know the one who died and rose again that you would spend your entirety with, who if you live the faithful life you will reign with, I believe for a thousand years on earth and then spend your entire eternity with him with roles and responsibilities this close to the one who truly loves your soul. For he said, I am looking for my own position, my own people, and they will love me with all their heart, soul, mind and strength. They will love others like I have loved them. They're called my bride. They're called my sons and they will spend with their eternity this close to my face. I will write their name on their forehead, they will serve me, and they will know me. That is the gospel. So die to yourself, get in Christ, forget about your old life, and get on board with living. See, we incorporate Jesus in. We don't die We say this, come and make my life better. That's not the gospel. He's so loving, he'll do it, but then he wants to say, you know what? You invited me in so I could help your life. I actually came in to kill you. That you would surrender your entire life unto me so I can give you the life. See, if you don't lose your life for his sake, you still haven't found the life you were called for. All you've done is invite him in for what he can do for you. It's called incorporating Jesus in, but what you'll never be able to do is deny you because you didn't invite him in to deny you. You invited him in to help you. It's not the reality of Christianity. He will accept you, but then he goes, right now, we're going to talk about some real issues of the heart. Surrender and submission to me. And it goes best when you do it out of your freedom of choice. I will not burst your door down, but I will stand here patiently and wait for you to come to me until you get to the place where you are that broken, dissatisfied, disillusioned, it's called heavy laden, trying to find life in a form of godliness, but it has no power. And you've got to get sick and tired of that religious spirit, get on, fall on the rock and go, here I am, Lord. I don't know why it takes us so long. I don't know why it took me so long to figure this out. You know why? I'm hard-hearted, stiff-necked, an Israelite. Thing is, I didn't think I was till he showed me. And you don't think you are till he shows you. That's why they had the issue as well. Because until he actually shows you and you hear his word and believe, you still think you're all that. But what you're not full of is joy and a peace and a freedom, and a rest. You can live from rest every single minute you breathe. That's the promise. Have you realized the promise yet? It's a promise. Jesus does not lie. You can guarantee he never lies to you, otherwise he's not God. Man lies, God doesn't. There are unlimited promises Speaking of what is happening in his manual, he has prepared us for everything that is happening so we can be in joy and peace. Doesn't matter if the government make laws. It doesn't matter if people say one thing. It doesn't matter if Allah is priest. It doesn't really matter because my God is in control of the whole deal and he's in charge of the whole deal. He says, I've already written it down for you. So what? You can be ready. So don't be like my disciples who got found out with their pants down when I died. Sorry. 
They should have been celebrating and praising him, going, man, come on, because the Holy Spirit's coming. He's going to fill us. We're going to live like him. But no, they were downcast. It's called being victims of circumstance and situation because they weren't in Christ, but they had the opportunity to get in Christ, but they all had to break. So who is our hope in? Let's go look at Romans. Now, maturity takes time, doesn't it? Doesn't happen overnight. But you know what? Amazing stuff can happen overnight. That's my testimony. My initial testimony was not gradual. It was at the speed of light. So I went from here, here, and a whole lot of knowledge here. Never read a book. We got revealed the person. Got the true gospel the way Paul said. The gospel came alive through a revelation of Jesus Christ. I didn't try and understand words to get life. I got a revelation of life, and I understood the words. We try and understand the words to try and find the life that only Jesus can bring. It's wrong. You've got to get a revelation of Jesus Christ, who really is the manifestation of the gospel, to understand the words of the gospel. We spend too much time to understand the words in our head instead of receiving a revelation of who he is. So we find ourselves short. We've come short of the ability to live the life we're commanded to. Anyone hearing what I'm saying? Anyone agreeing with me in the sense of this is our true state in Christ? We're found short when we come to love, so we act unbecomingly. We don't act becomingly, we act unbecoming, and something in us rises up called the self, our flesh, and over somebody, because we don't get what we want or what we think is right, so we spew, because we can't. You can't stop yourself, man. He needs to be crucified by Jesus Christ on the revelation of Jesus, I build my church. Not on the understanding of words of what I did, but on the revelation of the work that I did. It's a different reality altogether. And then he says this in Romans 15 verses 12. Again, Isaiah says, there shall come the root of Jesse. And he who arises to rule over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles hope. In who? In the root of Jesse, who is who? Jesus. Was Isaiah in the days of Jesus? So what is he doing? Seeing into the eternal. He is seeing the future. Are you seeing the future of what is happening today? Have you seen it coming? Have you been fully aware that it's coming? This is the way to have the eyes of the Spirit that see into the future, to know the future. So when the future turns up, you're not taken out by it. You go, oh, this is what was spoken by my Lord. So I'm ready. Bring it on. Because you can't stop it. Just like we can't legislate stopping the human heart, You can't, in a false version of faith, legislate and go, if I have enough faith, I can change what's written. We've done it. We laugh, but this is what the church has done. If I've got enough faith, I can stop what's coming. You can't stop prophetic prophecy. You have to come into it so when it turns up, you're ready. See, it'd be like in the days of the Noah, everyone days of Noah having a party. Everyone's having a good time, unaware of the days that they live. 
I hope that's not you. This should not catch us out, guys. If it is, ask yourself why. So it's in Him. Another side note, if you spend time in His Word, start writing down how many times you see in Him. In Him. See, Christ is in me, but am I in Him? What I'm talking about is a life that's in Him. It's two-way. It's Christ in me and me in Him. So He comes into us, but that doesn't mean you're in Him. That doesn't mean you abide in Him. You see, it's only through the abiding in Him that you get the full life that I'm talking about and prove to be a disciple, not just someone who's saved by blood. You see, you have to be more than justified. That'll get you into heaven, but that won't allow you to live the life on earth that's full. So you have to be abiding in Christ, which means you need to know the things of the Spirit, otherwise you'll just live from a human perspective, a flesh, a natural, and you'll never appraise the things of the Spirit, which means you're never going to enter in and live. It's one thing to enter, it's another thing to inherit. Okay? Two different realities. Inheriting, sorry, entering gets you in. Now you have to inherit what is in Christ. You cannot do that. You can just enter the kingdom and never get to see the kingdom and partake of the kingdom, meaning partake of Christ. You're just there. So that, sure, cool, you're going to go to heaven, but on earth you were chosen to live the will of the Father out and become the manifestation of the wisdom of God. As a church, you can't do, but you've been called and chosen to do it. Hmm. That's good. You need to die, brother. You need to die to yourself and pick up your cross and come follow. But see, if you've incorporated Jesus in, you can't. So you have to surrender your entire heart. 99.9, the point one keeps you out of this life. Because you're still trying to, that point one, manufacture and manipulate Christ to bless you. Come and help me. Now, when you surrender to Christ fully, guess what? You get the promises of what is guaranteed you, eternal life. And does he bless you? Yes, but you're not there for the blessing in the sense of physical things. You're there to come into eternal life, which enables you to live his life on earth. So when bad stuff happens, not just what's happening right now, other stuff, people lie about you, they don't like you, when the enemy says things about you, when whatever they do to you, you love. You actually are able to do what this says because you heard the word and it penetrated your, your spirit and soul and renewed a reality that brought to light the truth and now you're able to live it. But if you've only incorporated him in, you're not living for that because you're not interested in that. You're still trying to get your pound of flesh for your own justification when someone does something to you. You don't have the capacity of Christ to love on the offense. But I read a guy about a person, Jesus, who I know, and I read a book called the Bible that says I'm supposed to live an offenseless life. So I'm to be coming more and more into an offenseless life so I can love on all things that are still fleshly. Do you know how powerful this is? It's so powerful. And it's right there. It's not a million miles away. 
This is what this says. It's not like it's out of our grasp. It's right there, but it's concealed for everyone that's hungry for it. You see, what you're not hungry for, you don't go digging for because you're satisfied with what you've got. So God has to allow things to get you off this, and pain is one of the greatest ways to get out of attention, isn't it? Yeah? Why do you think death awakens people up? I don't believe in God, really. All of a sudden, an atheist starts praying to God because somebody dies. Why? Because innately, God has got himself in that person because we're all made in his image, even though it's a broken image because of sin. You see, we all innately know there's something more, but then we choose to not even acknowledge it and go after it, and we can be like this in the church because we think, oh, yeah, we've got you. We've got our ticket. Now I'm going to live for me, incorporating Jesus in. Don't do it. Repent, get broken, ask him to come in and give him your whole being, then you'll know the life that he's came for called eternal life. How do I inherit eternal life? He said, keep the commandments of loving me. Well, what happens when you don't love God and the commandment is to love God? Something's got to shift because you can't love God in your own strength. So Paul said, I've got to come in weakness. And only when I'm weak, which man hates, can I be strong. He said, if that's the case, your grace is sufficient, Jesus said, for this work to happen. So bow the knee, get on your face, and start seeking like you've never sought, because it's in a concealed realm, it's for you. Jesus said, this is a brilliant plan, Father. Do you know your word? Do you know where I am right now in the word? Or am I making it up? See, you in agreement with me, because we both know what's in here. Or are you going, well, I don't know if I believe that guy, because I don't know what he's talking about. So then there's a lack of oneness and a lack of agreement because now maybe you're going, I don't know if I believe that. Can you see what the mind does? See, if you're in unbelief right now, you're never going to receive this. So are we all in Christ that we would go, Greg, move on, man. This is so like, you know, beginning place. Talk about third heaven stuff. Talk about reigning with Jesus for a thousand years. Talking about what that means to be an overcomer who's going to sit next to him on his throne if we overcome. Give us the meat, not the milk. But can you handle meat? Or do you switch off when you hear meat because you've got no reference for eating meat because you've got no teeth? Everything I'm saying, I say in love. I'm not saying it to hurt it, but I need to speak the truth so we wake up to a reality that I see. We can come in here week in, week out, and never change because we're not hearing the word that's spoken, maybe because we don't understand it, and that's okay. But it's not okay to not seek the Holy Spirit and ask Him to reveal it if it is or not. It's not okay just to come here week in, week out, hear message and message and message and message and message, and then listen to everyone else's messages and not change. The purpose of the word is to create transformation. It's like coming to my house and I cook you a meal for a year and you never eat it all. I've just spent $10,000 on preparing you a meal and you've wasted it because you never ate it and now you're skinny. (laughs) Undernourished. Not able to do what you were designed to do. Are you hearing what I am saying? If you don't hear the word of God and there's not someone bold enough to preach you the word because they're in fear of everyone leaving this building that they say is theirs, which is not then how are you ever going to grow unless anyone preaches you the truth in love, in power, but the power can propel you out the building? 
but you've got to have the power if you want to change. So we've all got to stand there knowing that we're loved. So unless we know we're loved, you can't listen to this stuff. So you need to know you're loved. Let me tell you, the Father loves you. There is no condemnation in the Father, but there is massive conviction to stir you up, to get you living the life you are called for, because unless you're full and anorexic in the Spirit, you will never live the life He died for you to have, which means that grieves His Spirit, because you will never fulfill your potential. As a body, not as an individual. As a body. Let's smash that while we're here, shall we? It's all about me, 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 me. It's rubbish. It's from the pit of hell. It's called the wisdom of the demonic, and we buy into it because that's all we know. And it feeds the flesh because we have incorporated him in. We're not fully surrendered. So give me the I message because I love it. Don't give me the us message. But Jesus says, preach the us message because I talk about a body, not an individual. But an individuals make up a body. So individuals are important because they become a body. They don't stay as individuals who look for their own purpose and their own destiny. So we can all be superheroes of the faith. It's demonic, painted up as Christian teaching. You still like me? This is being screened, so I could be in trouble. Who cares? I don't care. I literally don't care. Death is gain. That's what Paul said. Death is gain. What did the man know? Do you know that position? I say it in humility. I know that position. I can't wait for him to come. If I had a choice, I'd go now. Those are easy words, aren't they? And we would never know. So you don't know whether I'm telling the truth or not. Only really I know and he knows. Which is the place you all have to find. Because at the end of the day, there's only really one testament. It's called the Holy Spirit and the Father and Jesus. Who knows if we're really in truth and what we say is. I'm confident to say that before you. In all humility, I'm ready. That's why I'm disconnected from what's happening. And know it's just part of the process. I'm excited. I am so excited. You know why? Because it depends how you look at the stuff. If you look at it negatively, it's doom and gloom. If you look at it positively, this is an opportunity for the true gospel to be shared. People are going to be freaking out, running around, wanting answers for what's happening, yes? This is just the start. I don't want to ruin your fun or your false sense of security, but this is the start, so get in Christ, because it's only going to get worse. Okay? But this creates an opportunity for people who are so hard-hearted because all of a sudden now it's like, can you share with me? You look like you're actually not freaking out like me. You look like you may have some answers to what's going on. Of course I will. Let's sit down. Holy Spirit, give me the words to say that would actually fill this person and see them come to know you. Lead me, Holy Spirit. But it's all like, oh no, we're still freaking out like everyone else hiding in our little caves. Haven't even got onto the scripture, <laughs> but I have. In Christ, let me just read these words. What's the time? <laughs> Cena said it. <laughs> Romans fifteen thirteen, which is just after twelve. <laughs> there's a lot in verse twelve, wasn't there? <laughs> Man, there's a lot in five words. 
That's what it's like. I mean, you're in them. He takes your places. You're like, how do we end here? I'm going, how do I end up there, Lord? Oh, well, go with it. Now, may the God of hope fill you with what? All joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Right, let's break this down. Now may the God of hope, so God is hope. So if you know God, you'll have hope because God is hope. No different to love. If you know God, you'll have love. If you know God, you'll have joy. If you know God, you have peace because he is these things. They are not separated aspects of him. They are him. So we can pull them out and look at them individually, but we have to know Jesus is love, Jesus is joy, Jesus is hope. So when you put them back together or look at them separately, it's just him. So you don't go, I've got God, but I haven't got joy because he is joy. See what we do? We make everything two because we try and understand it here. But Jesus said, I'm one. So although I'm Father, Son, and Spirit, I'm one. And the position we all need to find that sets the church free is the position of one. While we think Jesus and joy are separate, that is not the position that sets you free. That is the position that misleads you into thinking you have something you don't have because you can't live it out. So the Bible says, test yourself to see you're in the faith. Examine yourself to see whether you can live out what it says. So to not be able to live out what it says is not wrong. You're not a bad person. It's just showing you where you're at from a sense of maturity. So then you'd want to press on into Christ to lay hold of what was laid hold of you for, so then you could live out what was laid hold of you for, correct? Philippians 3, verse 14 or 12, I think it's 12. Tracking? So let's not separate when we hear all this stuff and put it all into boxes because it makes us feel good. See, that's a false sense of being still. You have just made yourself feel a false sense of peace because you mentally grasp something here, but it's not here. Tracking? So then when you go to, why can't I do what I understand? Because you don't understand it. What you have is an informational-based knowledge that's not really true knowledge because true knowledge enables you to live out the truth. That's what grace is. We talk about grace being a covering. It's not. Grace is the power that enables you to live out what truth calls you to. You know when it says you're saved by grace? It's not saying you're saved by a covering. The grace that rose Jesus from the grave is what? A covering or power? Right, so you're saved by power. Grace is power to live the life that Jesus, God, calls you to. That's why you need to know grace, power, not covering. Love covers, grace empowers. Can we nail that? Because I know a lot of people, I hear this, oh, grace, grace, and it's a, the context is covering. Then tell me, live out the life you say you're in by being covered by grace. Love covers you while you grow, Grace comes to empower you to grow. Hear the difference? Okay. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace 
in believing. John 15, 11. You won't have this because um, it just come right now. Says this, and this is Jesus. So the context is John 15, which is about what? What's the context of John 15? Abiding in the true vine, right? So right at the end, before we hit 12, which isn't really the end, it's halfway, sorry, but it says this, these things, what things? All the things that have preceded, these things, Jesus, I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. So it's like my joy becomes his joy and then I become full of my joy that's in me. See the separation, I'm gonna make you one with me. It's not his joy and my joy, it's ultimately a position of his joy in me because now I'm in him and he's in me. I've become one with him, I'm in fellowship, not having cups of tea, I'm having oneness with the Holy Spirit, the Father and the Son. So what's in me, that's why Paul said I am an apostle. He didn't say I've got the gift of an apostle. He said I am it. I can't separate this reality now from me because I'm one in him. Jesus didn't turn up and say, guess what? I'm the most high prophet. I'm the apostle. I'm the teacher. He's just said, I'm Jesus. Once again, see, this is this decompartmentalization thing that we do. No, which, which is, I never, compartmentalization. Thank you. So it's one, okay? So he says, these things I have spoken to you. The word is what? spoken. Let there be light. Did you hear it? Bang. So he speaks words about abiding, which the church need to hear if it's truly going to abide and have joy. And I'm not talking about listening to me. You need to be in tune with the frequency that's coming out of my mouth called the word of God that's coming out of my spirit right now. And it's one to find its mark in your spirit. Can you hear the word of the Lord coming out of my spirit to your spirit and hear it, receive it through power so it hits its mark and all of a sudden now something's happened in you that you can't explain here because you just received the word of the Lord through the power of the Holy Spirit. That is the way we learn. That is the way we receive. Then the Holy Spirit takes that seed called the Word of God and through asking, seeking, knocking, if it doesn't happen in a moment, He reveals that to your mind and renews your mind to what you receive. So now you can see it. Man, now you're dangerous because now you can see what you just received through the power. Now you know how to go and eat from that place when everyone else is going, what are you eating, man? Where do you get your burgers? Where do you get your waters? From the invisible realm come to me because I have much to give you so living waters can come out of you. I just explained to you the true kingdom way of receiving from Christ. If you've asked for how-tos, I just gave you the how-to. Okay? Are we still with me? All right. These things I've spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. John 16, verse 22, says this, and no one will take your joy away from you. And 17, verse 13, says this, but now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. That's a promise. It's not lose it, find it, where did it go? That's happiness. That's emotional hype. 
It's a false peace, false joy. This is the substance of the fruit of Christ, the fruit of the Spirit, through the abiding work of the Holy Spirit. You get more of Christ in you, which then enables you to stand with a joy that is not based on emotions. So because I'm in this joy, my emotions didn't take over when I heard 50 people were killed. Do I have a compassion for them? Yes, but it's not coming from a human place of compassion. It's coming out of the joy that I'm in Christ. I'm not saying that is nice. That is horrific that any person, wherever, loses their life through an act like that. It doesn't matter. It's horrendous when anybody dies through accident or whatever. But the substance of Christ enables to reposition me because it's Christ in me. It's not Greg trying to figure this out. It's the substance of Christ that enables the right behavior. You hear the word. I'm not pointing this at me, I'm leading you to him, but I have him in me to the measure that he's in me that enables me to live a kind of life that is eternal. And it freaks a lot of people out because it's full. And you know what it does? It exposes. And that's okay. It exposes others. I get exposed when I meet people who are in him more than me. And it's great. It's awesome. Do you mean I can live like you? Mm -hmm. Do you mean I can know Christ like that? Mm -hmm. Father, reveal this to me. I want to be like this person. I want to imitate them like they're imitating you. I want to imitate Paul. I want to imitate Paul, Paul, as Paul's imitating. I want to imitate San or Vera or Danny. I'm not afraid. I'm not in fear. I'm not insecure. I don't look at them and go, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, I'm in something they're not or they're in something I'm not. I see them for who they are and I want to say, teach me, teach me, teach me, teach me. Can I walk with you? Can I walk with you? Can I walk with you? You have something I don't have. There's no loss in Jesus Christ. It's gain. But fear will keep you bound up and keep you out of faith and out of the life you were predestined and called for before you ever breathed. Fear needs to be apprehended by the jugular and squeezed out of you so you can live. Do you want to live? Not this pathetic life. Live the life you were called for. I feel like I'm a voice in the wilderness crying out. And as we agree and will seek and pursue not gifts but love, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1, love God. We will be still and know Him. But you can't be still if you don't know Him. So you then go, peace be with you, which is fake and false. And there ain't no peace. You need to say, I'm in peace because I'm in Christ. So when he says, release peace, you release Christ. Let your peace leave you. It's because Christ is in you, going with you. You can't manifest peace if you don't know peace. Jesus, you manifest worry, anxiousness, despair, because you're afraid, and I get it. But we have to apprehend fear. Jesus has to apprehend it and strangle it. And say, now live. Do you believe? 
Do you believe? I'm not giving you a spirit of fear. I've given you a spirit of what? Power, love, and a sound mind. One Timothy. Do you believe, church? Do you believe who you really are? Do you believe who you really are? Not who you say you are. Not your parents tell you are. Not past and present and whatever. Do you believe who I say you are? Or are you an unbelief? And now you take what's spoken and bring it down, pull it apart, and put it in nice boxes so now you feel comfortable to live another day. Well, you just committed suicide. And you did it in the name of God because you didn't understand what was being spoken because you never will if you're not in the Spirit. You'll never understand some of the stuff in here unless it's been revealed or you're able to hear. So everything that sounds foreign is probably because you're not hearing it through the filter of the Spirit. You're trying to understand it in your own mind. And you know if you're in the truth because you have the fruit of the Spirit and you're able to live and speak the truth, which has power. It's not lofty words that tickle the intellect. Don't be a church that gets sucked into the church that's going to preach and tickle the intellect. Discern the spirits that are operating he is coming as the angel of what? How are you going to know the difference between light and light? Whether you're in him or not. Don't get sucked in. Where did Deuteronomy say we are to receive the great commandment? What part of our bodies? Yell it out. Where else? Where else? I can't hear it. No, where else? What part of your body? Hands, Hands and where? Right, where are you going to receive the mark of the beast? Same place. So do you have the great commandment on your hand, on your head, on your heart, on your doorposts? You know what he said to me? He said, son, are you a great commandment follower? First. Deuteronomy 6 teaches us, teach your children the great commandment, not the great commission. So what is the great commandment? To give God your entire life and love Him with your entire being. Can you do that yet? Who are you loving? Are you an incorporated follower? Are you a wholehearted follower? He's giving you an opportunity to find repentance and find the wholehearted, fully surrendered life, eternal life. So he says this, make sure that my commandment is written on your heart, the place of understanding, not your head, your heart. In fact, the mind's not even mentioned in Deuteronomy. The Hebrew knows you don't understand here. That's the Greek. And we are from the Greek mindset, not a Hebrew one. So the Hebrew knows understanding is in the heart. Believing is in the heart. Jesus said you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, not believe in your head false. So he says, son, do you have the commandment on your heart imprinted on your heart through my power? Is it written on your forehead? Is it written on your hand? Is it written on your doorpost of your house? And is it written on the gatepost, the, fe the, the fence? What is that symbolic of, church? Me first. My very life. Am I infused 
with the life, eternal life, that's in the great commandment. Why do you think it's the great commandment? It's not just pithy words. The rich young ruler who'd done all the acts of godliness with no power said, how do I inherit eternal life? Keep the commandments. See, this challenges us to the core. It's going to challenge who you love and how you live. It's the relational test and it's the missional test. If you love someone not more than me, you are not worthy of me. You fail the relational test. I love you. You don't love me. Here? He loves you. His love will cover you. You will get to heaven because he loves you, not because you love him. It's a two-way relationship, isn't it? So he's asking you, if you love mother, father, brother, sister, anyone else more than me, you're not worthy of me. Please tell me this is not the first time we're hearing this. Please tell me we're meditating on my book that's been out for like three years now with all this is in there. Please encourage me today. (laughs) So he's telling you in clear English, if you love, you're not worthy of something, even though my blood has made you worthy. What do you think it is? Go and ask him. Then he says, if you don't lose your life, you're not on mission with me. You're just living for yourself, asking me to bless you. You can do that and call it Christianity. You can try and preach. You can try and raise the dead. You can share the gospel all for you. 1 Corinthians 13, unless you know love, you are a gong, man. And this is nothing. It means nothing. He's telling you, if you're not in love, doing it from love, it's a waste of works. And I allow it because my name's powerful, but it's wasted. So when you get to the judgment seat and stand before me, I'm going to burn through you with my fire and you got nothing, but you scrape in. That is not what he has for us, church. He wants you to stand there and receive the full reward going into the eternal new heaven, new earth millennium. But he also wants you to experience the life he called for now. So you throw the life away now and you throw the life in the future away. You are loved by him. So he says this to me, Greg, you need to be the demonstration of the commandment. You need to be able to love me with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love others like you would love your neighbor and me. Is that not Jesus' commandment? Right. Then he says, son, do you teach this to your children and your wife? Is this on your doorpost of your physical house? Is your house a commandment house? Not a commission. Is it relational, not functional first? Are you teaching your children who don't know me to fall in love with me and not love themselves, not love boys, not love music, not love this, not love that? Son, this is my truth, and do you want it in them? So when stuff kicks off, they've got the substance in them. They could be the generation that faced the end, end, end time. I actually think it's in my time, but anyway. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter when, it's why. So then he says, Are you teaching this? Are you bringing this into your home? Are you discipling your wife into the great commandment? So I wrote a book about it. Then he says, This, what about the doorposts of this place called the rock? Is this a commandment home? And are the people in this building, are they commandment focused? So are you? Great. 
here life. This is all so you can do and be what you've been created to be and not trip over yourself. It's amazing, guys, to be able to love another human and stand there in the opposition and be lied about and flipped about and backstabbed and still love and pray. Not because you're anyone special, but because you're in Him. See, when you're in Him, you're able to. It's not you. You know it's not you. That's even more trippy. You're going, this is not me. I wanted to smack his head in. (laughs) I'm from Liverpool, man. You don't get a grace card there. You get a thump. You get a headbutt and you get a boot. You don't get love. If you're from Liverpool, you know what I'm talking about. And Glasgow. (laughs) So to be able to do this and go, this is not me. This is Christ in me because there's a joy that trumps the offense. Don't come short of the grace of God. So by it, a root of bitterness wells up in you and you end up defiling many. Don't come short of the covering. Is that what I just said? What did I just say? Don't come short of the power of God. So by it, no root of bitterness. When someone offends you, you guarded your heart with peace, haven't you? Because you're in Christ. So what? The root of offense hits peace that's guarding your heart, called Jesus Christ, who is the armor, and so no root of offense gets into your heart, not only defiles you, but defiles many, because now you want to tell everybody about what Danny did to you. And now you defile Danny in the eyes of the 10 people you tell, and you know what? It may not have even been Danny, it may have been the fact that I didn't know who I was and my brother was coming to tell me the truth, but I got so offended because I didn't know who I was, so now I've just defiled Danny and I've told people a whole lie about my brother. Can you see what fear does? It spews and lies and creates division in the body. Not oneness. Are we yet known for oneness? No. Why? Because we come short of the grace, the power, because we're actually incorporated followers. Maybe. Because when it comes, we get offended. When the enemy throws the bomb, we believe the lie. When he sows the seed of doubt, we grab hold of it, believe it, eat it, create a whole different reality. Now we're living from that and everyone look out because it is the way it is because I say so. And you just believed and got brought into a lie and now you're being hoodwinked and deceived. This is so serious because it happens all the time. And what doesn't happen is what's supposed to happen. Can I say that? So we, to be honest, we act more unbecomingly than we do becomingly in the body of Christ. The evidence is right in front of us multiple divisions, people, church, meaning family swapping, looking for their flesh to be satisfied, not here for what the body's really to be about, which is to serve the Father and one another. You have no rights. You gave them up the day you received Christ. Danny and I were away. Is this? It's 12 o'clock. Probably should wrap it. Danny and I were away, and we were talking in the car when we were away, and I said, you know, there are certain conversations that 
living people still have that dead people don't. So many conversations we have are because we're still living, not dead. You hear what I'm saying? Dead people don't have thoughts and conversations that living people have who are still trying to find their pound of flesh. Me, 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 me. Why? Because they made a commitment to Christ one day and said, this is it. I'm baptized and I die. And I'm no longer controlled by a fake love called lust, myself and everyone else that I'm trying to suck it off. I'm now controlled by love, 2 Corinthians 5, 14. And I'm controlled by Christ. So now I no longer live for myself. So my life in the flesh while I'm here on earth is no longer lived for by me and for me, but for the one who saved me called Jesus Christ. I live my life by faith, not trying to muster something up to live for Jesus. I live by my conviction of what I believe from what I've heard and the Holy Spirit has revealed in me. So I see and know absolute truth, absolute confidence. You can't shake that foundation. If your foundation is getting shook, it's probably because it's a fake foundation and fear is there. And he wants to smash fear You're being covered by love, but in you, the foundation needs to come Jesus. In reality, not just you pray a prayer and somehow by faith, meaning a false faith, it's there. I mean a real faith that is conviction that knows. So when the opposition comes, it stands up. Here? What's greater on the inside stands up, rises up, and says, no. You can kill me, but no, I'm not moving. I'm now an immovable object in the name of Christ, and it stops here. It's called guarding what I have entrusted to you. And are you prepared to give your life for what I have guarded, entrusted to you? And so this house will always be a commandment house. And out of that will flow the commission. But not the other way around. It used to be the other way around until this donkey got apprehended and smashed. Welcome to my world. It was called being dismantled. That was beautiful. It was amazing. I'm so glad he did. I'm so glad I said yes when he asked me. Do you want to get dismantled? Uh, <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Okay, let's go. Cool. 18 months. Ping. What is that, man? That's me. My way round. When it comes to how I build everything. You knew me. And you didn't know me more. But what you didn't know is the way I do everything. Many don't, and I'm trying to get this message out because they don't have the life of what I say is. I build my church, and the gates of Hades don't overpower it. So are we a church that the gates of Hades don't overpower? Are we a church that all of our flesh don't overpower? We don't get upset when people just manifest. Or do we get upset? Because that's not a church Jesus is building. He's telling you, I build my church, and the church I build 
hell doesn't touch. Not because we are strong, but because we are weak. And through being weakness, we then become strong. So we're able to go, you know what, that's just momentary light affliction compared to the eternal weight of glory that's being formed in me because I'm a minister of the new covenant and that's a covenant of glory and I'm going from strength to strength because I've gone from the old glory to the new glory and I just go from one strength. I don't go from weakness to weakness. I don't go up, down, around. That's demonic. I go from strength to strength. I'm not in valleys and down there. Jesus never said that. We say that. We say that to appease our flesh. Now, you may go through a physical trial, but there's someone greater in you going from strength to strength. You see, the physical trial doesn't make you go up, down, and around. You've got Christ in you and going strength to strength. So you look at the trial and go, that's momentary light affliction. I'm not running around. If this has made us run around, we need to look at our true foundation because it's only going to get worse. He's not saving New Zealand. He's saving the people of New Zealand. He's not saving America. He's saving the people of America. He comes to save people because he has created a new. So we need to get on board if we are not. And today, see it as a warning, see it as a shot, see it as a, maybe a little prod from love to say, where are we at? And are we demonstrating the life we've been called for because we're in a joy and a peace? We're in Christ. Amen? Father, I just thank you. I thank you that you took over this morning. I thank you that what you gave me, you've multiplied. (laughs) And I thank you for that. I thank you this is your house. This is your place. This is about what you want to say and do, not in our time frames and time limits because we're busy people. Let us be busy for you. Let us be busy in you. Let us live for you. Let us die today. Let us find that place of repentance and that stuff. I thank you, Lord. I just love you so much. And I love everyone here and the people that aren't here today and the church and the world and what you're doing. Reveal your son in us again more and more through the power of revelation in Jesus' name. Amen.